I'm Bishop Robert. Each life is a story. We don't remember days, we remember moments that touch our hearts. I want to invite you to come on in and have a seat in my study. Let's you and I spend a few minutes together and consider a verse of scripture and how to apply it to those moments that fill up our lives. My hope is that it speaks to your heart, your mind, and your soul. And I hope you'll be back often. Welcome. Have you ever heard of World Hand Hygiene Day? No, I'm not making that one up. The UN began this annual observance in 2009. It's coming up this year on May 5th. And please don't confuse it with Global Hand Washing Day on October 15th. Yep, you heard that right. Two international holidays dedicated to hand washing. Now, remembering other significant concepts like love on Valentine's Day or peace on World Peace Day, they only get one holiday a year. But hand washing, it gets two. Maybe it's because we have two hands. Who knows? Clean hands, they count. I, I get it. Religious hand-washing rituals were commanded in the Old Testament, but the medical acceptance of unwashed hands spreading disease is only about 130 years old. Even though the man known as the father of hand-washing figured out its life-saving power 50 years earlier. Dr. Ignaz Philip Simmelweis was a Hungarian physician who became known as the savior of mothers when he made the connection between unwashed hands and childbed fever, a disease that was killing about one in five mothers giving birth. He outlined a hand-washing procedure for the obstetrical clinic that he ran at the Vienna General Hospital, and it reduced mortality to less than 1%. Now, you may be wondering why it would take five decades for hand-washing to become an accepted medical practice, especially given such dramatic results. Well, it's because the doctors were offended by the mere suggestion that they could be part of the problem. I mean, since germs were undiscovered at the time, doctors felt insulted by the mere accusation that Upper-class people, such as themselves, were responsible for spreading any sort of disease. <laughs> well, as a result of pressing his point, Simmelweis was ridiculed, mocked, ostracized, eventually fired from his position at the hospital. He was accused of being deranged, irritating, and an embarrassment, and his family actually had him committed to an asylum. While there, he was severely beaten by the orderlies, contracted an infection, and died of sepsis from the injuries. The very type of blood infection he spent most of his life fighting to prevent. The verse we'll look at today together says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now God's word helps us to draw near to him. And as we read it, study it, or <laughs> even have a daily devotional like Mornings with Bishop Robert, he speaks to us and touches our hearts. Now, one good thing about drawing near to God 
is that when you do, he'll draw near to you. He wants us to have clean hands, but also a pure heart. Well, there's even a verse in the book of James that specifically says, cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now, God isn't talking about external personal hygiene, but about the purity that comes from eliminating sin in our lives. There's a lot more to being holy than going to washyourlyrics.com, which is a website that creates a hand-washing sign from any song you choose, and using Amazing Grace to make a hand-washing technique poster. <laughs> yeah, it's a mistake to focus on the outside when the worst issues are on the inside. The Pharisees and the scribes in Jesus' day saw some of his disciples eating with unwashed hands. And they were offended that they didn't keep the tradition of the elders. Now, they were referring to the Jewish ceremonial washing, and Jesus turned their attention on the inside of their lives. He told them, nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them, because it doesn't enter their heart. It goes in their mouth, through the body, and out the bum. Done! Jesus made the point that it's what comes out of someone that defiles them. Because out of our hearts come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, debauchery, envy, slander, arrogance, and foolishness. All these things come from within us. That's what defiles us. Well, not surprisingly, the Pharisees and the scribes were offended by the mere suggestion they could be part of the problem. <laughs> Even though they were well aware of sin, they felt insulted by the mere accusation that religious people such as themselves had any role to play. So when Jesus accused them of disregarding the commandment of God to keep the tradition of men, they got very angry indeed. And so Jesus was ridiculed, mocked, ostracized, and eventually arrested for his teachings. He was accused of being deranged, irritating, and an embarrassment. At one point, his family actually thought he was out of his mind. After his arrest, he was severely beaten by the guards, nailed to a cross, and died as a result of the sinful actions that he spent most of his life preaching against. Sound familiar? I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You know, we do the same thing. We believe that we're essentially good people. Oh, we, we know we sin, but we say things like, well, nobody's perfect. We excuse our faults, our failures, our deliberate wrongdoing. Often, we feel insulted by the mere accusation that Wonderful people such as ourselves have any responsibility for the sin in our lives, let alone its impact spreading any sort of sin-induced impact on those around us. We act like there will not be any final judgment of our works. <laughs> or even worse, as though God's going to use some sort of a cosmic balance scale to judge us 
with good things we did on one side and bad things we did on the other. But no courtroom on earth works that way. And God's the perfect judge. I mean, no one charged with a crime that they actually committed would be so foolish as to make a defense out of all the crimes they didn't commit. <clears throat> well, well, Your Honor, uh, it is true that I murdered John and his three kids, but I didn't break into his house. I didn't steal any of his money, and I didn't rape his wife. So you, you really should set me free. <laughs> yeah, we know that would never work with a human judge, but we think we're going to pull that very defense off with God? Not likely. Even if you think people speaking about sin and Jesus are deranged, irritating, and an embarrassment, that does nothing to deal with the issue. And while it took the medical community five decades to accept the truth about germs, you may not have five more decades to wrestle with the truth about sin. Should we wash our hands? Yeah, absolutely. But don't make the Pharisees' mistake. Draw near to God, and He'll draw near to you. Then you can not only cleanse your hands, but you can apply the Word of God and purify your heart. Because when we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's really clean. Jesus isn't just the Savior of mothers. He's the Savior of the world. So do more than wash your hands. Wash your heart. <laughs> do it often. Do it today.